Good to see everybody today. I say that every single week, so you might wonder if it's genuine, but think of the world we live in. I mean, from one Sunday to the next, it's good to see you. <laughs> it's good that we're here, that we get to gather together and, and worship. I really am excited to see you guys. And kind of in light of that, uh, Friday, I don't, I don't think any of us were prepared for this, uh, we, we got an announcement from our, our governor kind of taking our, our commonwealth back to some tighter restrictions, getting a lot of questions about what that means to us. Well, f- first of all, it begins tonight, so it had no impact on, on this morning. But uh, when he makes announcements like that, obviously they're for TV and they're, for sh- and they're short. You have to go to the website and uh, kind of dive in and, okay, what's he saying? What does that mean to us? What does it mean about churches? And for the time being, what you heard him talk about this past Friday or maybe read about or watched later does not affect religious services. So, not, yeah, praise the Lord for that. Um, that could change like within the next five minutes. But uh, at the moment, that does not impact religious services. And let me define religious services. It's this hour right here. Uh, it doesn't include every event, every activity that a church does. It, it includes these main services. So, um, you know, based on different statistics they go by. They're, they're, they're taking the Commonwealth back a step right now. It looks like we're going to continue as is. But as I say, as is. Boy, I do want to be, I want to be clear, and we've said this along the way, at, at how much we are doing and how much we're trying to do and how much we're trying to respect. Because uh, somebody might look at this service and think we don't care about it at all in here. And uh, we, we very much do. We while it might look like we're pushing limits with what we're doing with worship, uh, we have no other events for the most part during the week. There, there's plenty of opportunity for our building to be cleaned. We don't have groups coming in all week long and, and adding to a potential virus. Now, I say that, and this past Monday, we hosted the SBC of Virginia annual convention. Okay, so I just lied. I'm sorry. But, I mean, if you go back to July, we don't have groups coming in, not, not even you. All, all of our programming outside of what goes on on Sunday morning is, is canceled. It's, it's been in waiting, and uh, we do the deep cleaning. We, the products we use, there's no hospital that's using something better than we are. Uh, and what we use actually has a long life for killing viruses. We clean more than we actually need to for the effectiveness of the product. And that's why, and I do think this needs to be pointed out in a, a little thank you, Lord, We've been gathering outdoors since May. We've been gathering indoors since July. And there's not been a single case of somebody getting COVID traced back to starting here. Uh, Praise the Lord for that. I mean, we're a big gathering and people aren't getting COVID because they they come to our church. Now, have we had anybody in our church get COVID? Well, yes, of, of, of course we have. Very few actually. Uh, but we have had people get COVID even recently, but they know where they got it and, and it never traces back to here. So we really are working to, to create the safest environment for our, our gathering and, and just kind of where we are on all that. As we move into the Christmas season, we felt like with the announcement, this would be a good place to speak to some of this. Um, we, how, how are we going to approach the coming 
five, six, seven weeks. Uh, we are discouraging, and that's the operative word, discouraging. We are discouraging Christmas parties. We're not telling anybody they can't have a Christmas party. Your, your life group, your small group, if that's what you're comfortable doing and choose to do, then that will, will be your decision, and we hope you'll set that up in a good way. But we are discouraging that from happening. Our staff family is not having our normal Christmas party. I think one day we'll have a little gathering and throw a cupcake at them or something like that. But our families won't be coming in for that. Our deacon Christmas party, we're not holding that this year. So we're doing some things like that. Probably the biggest thing we've been praying and working through, and again, this didn't start Friday. We've been praying and working through this for weeks, um, is what we do on a Christmas Eve service. Uh, that, that is one of our biggest events of the year. It, it brings thousands of people in here. And unlike a Sunday morning where we look around the room and we mostly know each other, and I know whether you've been sick and whether you've been sick or if you're sick, and you kind of look sick, but that's a whole other story. When we come into a Christmas Eve, we got people coming from literally everywhere. I mean, we got people who are just getting off a plane people who have pulled in from out of town. It really is a very different environment on that night. So a lot of people, uh, a, a, lot of, a lot of people that aren't here every week. And uh, then the next question would be how we control, how we handle the crowd. Uh, that's not a day to do ticketing. That's not a day to do registration. If your home is like my home, here's what it sounds like 15 minutes before it's time to go to service. Are they going to be here on time? I'll tell you what, y'all go ahead and go, save us some seats, and when grandma and grandpa get here, I'll drag them up. You know, we don't know how many people are coming till about the time we get in the car. And so, it, you know, you'd not have enough tickets, you'd have too many tickets, and so we're just trying to figure out how do we manage that. So for Christmas Eve, we have decided already that we are going to do an online Christmas Eve service. Now, I realize some of you say that you have just destroyed Christmas traditions. No, we haven't. Watch it online and then go get Chinese food. You can absolutely do it in the same order that you always do. We're going to do it at 3, 5, and 7. That's actually an addition. And we've really worked at, are still working at how we try to make that as special as possible. So what we're going to do in that service is it's going to be Christmas Eve at the pastor's house. Y'all going to come to my house that day. And we'll, we're going to video that from there. And so the worship team will be there and, and we'll, We'll do everything. It's going to be just a little over 30 minutes. So I know you got kids going nuts and they're in home. It's even harder, but it's just 30 minutes, a little about over 30 minutes that you got to hold them in line. We'll have a lot of the same elements that we would if we were meeting here in a, in a couple of few special things. So we're going to work to make that as a memorable a moment as we can, as we celebrate uh, our Lord and, and then go eat. Chinese food or whatever else you do after you go to the, the service. We hope you'll be able to do all, all of those things. So just continue to pray for us. A lot of this we're still working through and trying to manage how we go through this season and give ourselves the best opportunity to worship our Lord. Because it is about Him, right? 
It's not about the tree. It's not about Chinese food. It's not about presents. It's, it's about gathering. It's about gathering as the body of, of Christ. And so we're trying to hit that middle ground as we work through uh, all of these various issues. So in light of everything that's going on, you actually could call today my Thanksgiving message. And you might call today my Thanksgiving message because next Sunday, the actual Sunday before Thanksgiving, I'll be starting my Christmas series. Say, why are you starting your Christmas series before Thanksgiving? Because I've never done that, not in my whole life for ministry. So I think COVID caused this. Okay, I think COVID, actually I have five messages Five messages on our, our Christmas series this year. And to get all five in, I, I've got to start next Sunday. That's just, that's just the way that it works. Now figure out the craziness of this. And I'm blaming this on COVID too. So I just did 24 messages on 22 chapters. 24 messages on Revelation. I imagine some of you think, boy, that's a lot of messages. You know, I could have doubled that number and done 48 and still not covered everything in Revelation. All right? So, but I did 24 messages on 22 chapters of one of the more challenging books of the Bible. For Christmas, I'm going to do five messages on one verse. One verse, it's not even a long verse, but I'm going to do, how do you do five messages on one verse? COVID, COVID is what caused this. I, it, it's, hey, we're blaming it for everything else, so I'm, I'm putting it on COVID. So next week, we're going to start five messages working through one verse, a very favorite Christmas verse, uh, and it's an answer to everything we've got going on in 2020. Did you hear? That's quite a guarantee on my part. It is an answer to every single issue that we have going on in 2020 in our world. So we'll start that next week, which means today I've got to do Thanksgiving. It's a good thing I didn't have 17 messages for for Christmas or we would have been doing Thanksgiving back in September. But anyway, man, here I guess I would call this, here's what I'm thankful for in the midst of, and prepositions are so important, in the midst of COVID, not for. You know, God actually calls us to be thankful right now in, not for COVID, but in COVID, right? I think a lot of you are familiar with 1 Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in all circumstances. Now look at that next phrase, for this is God's will for you. Think how many times you and I are looking at something challenging. I just don't know what God wants me to do. I don't know God's will. It's to give thanks. He said right there. In any circumstance, any challenge, any decision you're making, hey, here's what you do. You give thanks. That's God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So we're to give thanks. Let me give you thanks for three things, and I guess I would call these general thanksgivings. What I mean by general is these three things I can apply, you can apply, we can apply to COVID or a bazillion other circumstances. These three things are everywhere for all of us. Number one, I'm thankful God's in control. I mean, in an out of control moment, don't you like to think, does anybody have a plan here? Does anybody, is anybody, who's in charge? God has a plan. God is in control. Number two, as we go through this, I am thankful that COVID doesn't write the last page of my story. If COVID kills me, it doesn't write the last page of my story. Any evil, any challenge, any problem we go through is not the last say on our life. The Lord Jesus Christ is, and that's a good thing. 
So I'm, I'm thankful for that in the midst of this. And then lastly, oh, clapping crowd today. Uh, lastly, we, I, I am thankful. Uh, I forgot what I was thankful for. Y'all clapped and threw me off. Y'all don't, y'all don't ever clap. God's in control. He, he's, I'm, I'm, I forgot the second one that I just said. It's what? Yeah, COVID doesn't like the, the right the last chapter. Oh, oh, and I'm, whew, I was going to get nervous if I couldn't remember the third one. <laughs> I swear there's three things to be thankful for. I just can't think of the other. No, you know what, folks? Hey, God's going to use this for good. That, not that God can use this for good. God will use this for his good, for his purposes. That I can count on, and that always is to my benefit. When God's purposes are being fulfilled, when he's doing his good, that's my benefit. Now, general thank yous, every one of us can say that. We can say that about the big thing we're all dealing with. We can say that about the thing that nobody knows we're dealing with. This That, that covers everything. Now I want to share with you six things I'm thankful for. Most of these, well, some of these you can't because they're just me and, and my home. But, I, you know, folks, as I go through this, I, I want you to, I had to sit down and think about this. Okay, I'm trying to share with you not just six things I'm thankful for, the discipline of stopping and being thankful. You know, because we go, we go to the Thanksgiving table, and y'all have heard me say this before, we go around there, what are you thankful for? I'm thankful for a roof over my head and a job and my health. And we really are thankful for those things, aren't we? But we don't think about it one second. We hadn't thought about it one second before we said it, and we don't think about it one second after we said it. We're thankful for it. But that's not what I'm talking about. It's just a, a, a random list of things worth that. I'm talking about really sitting down and, and thinking about, okay, as I've gone through 2020, as, as I've dealt with COVID and these issues, what in that can I be thankful for? Num- first one for me, and maybe, maybe number one, maybe number one out of the whole list, I'm, I'm thankful for Claire. And you say, what's a Claire? Well, a Claire is uh, my son's, Randy, uh, it's his friend that he's dating and started dating during college. Now, my, my daughters met friends while they were in college. And their friends lived in other places. So they would make their way to come see my daughter or daughters at, at our house. And that gave mom and I a chance to give them the up down, look them over, Right. And because they lived out of town, they would stay with us sometimes a night or two, a weekend. Sometimes they would stay even longer. And, you know, over that time, I really became grateful for those times to really get to know the, these guys that were going to marry our, our girls. Now, I don't know if that's going to be the case with, with Randy and Claire. But the difference with Claire is she actually lives in town. So there was never really any reason... For there to be an extent, I mean, we do a dinner here and a, a dinner there, but I, you know, I never really an extended time. Well, guess what COVID provided? A, an extended time to get to know her. And she's really a wonderful young lady. I think I might like her a little better than Randy. <laughs> Just a, a little bit. I'm not 100% sure, but uh, you know, I think there's a chance I could look back on this year and this will be one thing I always remember. I got, I got, had a chance to really get to know her uh, a lot better. So that, that's one. Secondly, uh, man, I am thankful 
for the vision of our church and what COVID has done with that, right? I mean, the vision of our church is to be a church that the 804 can't imagine being without. And we use that phrase a lot. The whole vision is not just that phrase. It's a lot longer than that. And I think it's so important we remember why we want to be a church. The 804 can't imagine being without. It's not so that we can be the best church in town. It's not so that everybody, you know, we're everybody's favorite. Heights is the best church ever. No, that's, that's not our goal. That's not our vision. Our vision is that through the goodness, through being a force for good in our community, that we create, that we leave open the door, the opportunity to preach the word. Preaching the word can be what this guy does standing up here, but preaching the word according to to 2 Timothy 4, preaching kerygma is you sharing the gospel one-on-one with friends, with family, as situations provide an opportunity. It's you sharing the word and through that goodness, creating those opportunities. And as we wrote that, I gosh, it's been four years ago now that we really dreamed about that and thought, man, what God, what would you have us to be? Go for this, man, be a church. And that, that seemed like a good idea, but can it ever really happen? Can, can that happen in our culture, in our world today? And, and man, we've been working at it and I think making progress, but literally COVID through all of the ways that you, I'm thankful for you, an army of good, that has gotten out there and just like invented ways, looking for ways you can serve anyone and everyone where you, where you see need. And uh, it's been awesome to see how that has launched. By the way, quick announcement. We have our last food drive. Now, when I say our last, I don't mean like last ever, 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 but a last in a series of what we've been doing. We have our last food drive uh, this coming Tuesday. Uh, come by between 3.30 and 5. That's when they'll be out in the front here. Uh, bring by canned goods, non-perishables. Our, our goal, we've been doing this for, for weeks, every single Tuesday. Uh, that's what I mean by this is the last one for a while. But our goal is to get over 1,000 pounds of food. And you can drive it by during that time. As a matter of fact, you can drive it by any time, tomorrow or Tuesday and drop it off out here, and we'll get it up. Won't we, Mike? We'll get it, we'll get it up there. Mike will make sure he'll carry all 1,000 pounds. Because we are we can get over 1,000 pounds of food, can't we? All right, great. Y'all are bringing it. Super. So that's why I'm so thankful for y'all. Man, what a force for good. Number three, I'm thankful for the extended time I've had with my boys uh, this past spring. Now, I'm thankful for my girls too, but COVID didn't give me an extended time with them. And they will let me know that I said I'm thankful for spending time with the boys. So I just got to make that, that clear. But you know, they're at an age and they're in a work where it's hard for any time in the near future, the distant future, to imagine we're going to have that amount of time with them. And so I look back on that. Hey, this provided that. I, I had that opportunity. Uh, number four, Karen will appreciate this. Um, we moved during COVID. Y'all don't know that. We, we live in Tennessee now. We'll be move, moving <laughs> real soon. No, we, we, we actually moved 0.3 miles. I about could have walked the stuff from one, one house to the next. But uh, we, this COVID didn't make that happen. We knew we needed to do something different as, as our family is growing and grandkids and seeing eight and nine or more people use one bathroom. We thought, okay, we're, you know, when it was four little ones, it's been great 
for a long time now, but now that that number is really getting out there, man, we, we, we got to move. We got to pick up a bathroom somewhere. And uh, that, that was coming, but I, I just, I, I didn't want to. I like where I am. I don't want to move. It's so horrible. And, uh, but you know, the circumstances that were going on and having some of those extended stays I was talking about and realized, hey, this isn't going to work. We need to do something different. And it really, with what, everything that was going on, getting, getting our house sold, getting a, another one and, and getting that renovated, this really provided, uh, I think, the best opportunity for that. I'll, I'll look back on 2020 and remember that and, and be thankful for that. Number five. Okay, so number five, I've said COVID. But 2020 isn't just about COVID, is it? We, we've, we've had other things going on in 2020. You go back to this summer and there's the, the social unrest and the social injustice issues and working through all that. Now, what that meant to our church, I wouldn't say that caused that, it, what, what happened in our church. We have wanted to be a more diverse staff. We've been praying and working toward that. We've had a little bit of that in the past, but really wanted to take a bigger step. And as we went through this summer, this summer didn't make that happen. But what it did do is it made us get a lot more creative. It made us get a lot more creative of thinking about how. And what ended up happening is God provided us a way to do so much more than we were even thinking about, so much more than, than we were even praying about. Because we want, we need a staff. If we're going to reach our vision, our staff needs to resemble, resemble the congregation. Our staff needs to resemble the community that, that we're trying to be out there. And so, man, th- this, this really helped us get there. This really helped provide, kind of motivate some of that creativity in doing that. So that's number five. And then number six, man, I am thankful to walk with this with you. I I am thankful to walk through a hard time, a difficult time, a challenging time with you. You know, our, our staff, all of us are involved in networks and we go to meetings with these networks and we, we, you know, d- different things. Hey, how do y'all do this? Hey, what are y'all doing here? We, we've had that our whole ministry, all of us. But Mike, this past year, we've probably have talked to our networks more than the prior 15 years all added up. I mean, every week we're in a Zoom meeting. We're in a phone call. How are y'all doing this? What are y'all doing here? How did the people respond? What is your state saying? Because you can't, we're not all in the same place handling it the same way. And, and just, you know, because do you realize not one single pastor in America took the class in seminary, how to lead your church through a pandemic? We all skipped that class. Uh, and, and, you know, so none of us knows what we're doing. And so, man, we're, we're talking to each other and calling. And as I've done that, and I think all of our staff would say this, the more I talk with every one of them out there, the more thankful I am I'm in here. And, you know, that's not saying anything negative about those churches. Most of our networks are filled with good churches and good pastors. That's why we're calling them. That's why we're talking to them. I'm not saying we've heard a barrage of negative things about how hard this or how hard that, but I would say in talking with them, how we all get it worked through. Every one of us has talked about, man, I'll tell you what, I'm glad to be a pastor here at the Heights. I'm glad to walk through this difficulty with you guys. So thank you my wife is very thankful for that too. She's, 
That's who started the little round of clapping. They weren't so quick on that one. But uh, anyway, thank, thankful for that. Folks, th- those thank yous are important. Can you tell I sat down and thought about them? Okay, it's one thing just say, hey, are you thankful for something? And, and rattle off the traditional things we're thankful for. But sometimes I say, you know what? I just need to stop right now. I need to really think about the good in the midst of evil. The good in the midst of wrong. The good in the midst of brokenness. And you know, you start writing that down and you start sharing it with others. Did you, do you realize the Psalms over and over tell us to tell each other? Because it inspires us. It helps us. Some of us aren't there. Sometimes, you ever gotten to a place, I can't get the word out. I can't get thank you out. Okay? That's why we need each other. I need to hear somebody else's thank you because I'm empty. All right? And, and so we go through that, that discipline of sharing that. And so I start sharing all those things. And all of a sudden, dang, man, 2020 year, 2020, best year ever. Hmm. Two, two, three weeks ago. Karen and I lost number seven and number eight on my list of big things that we have lost due to COVID. And I don't mean postponed. I don't mean another way, another time, it'll be different. I mean, they're gone. We'll, we'll never have that opportunity again. That, that, that is a loss in our story. That's a, that's a loss in our, our lives. And, and you know, you say, well, what, what, what are they? I'm, I'm not going to share that with you. Take too long. <laughs> I don't want to depress us all. Actually, you know, I'd say, I wouldn't say I'm embarrassed of my list, I, but I do realize online in this room and out in the world, there are people carrying much heavier things than the seven or eight things I'm counting. N- nobody in my immediate or extended family has gotten COVID. So certainly nobody's died from COVID in my, my family. No, nobody in our immediate or extended family has dealt with a, a, a job insecurity or a, a, a job loss thus far. We've not had to deal with anything like that. And, and, and that is going on. It's going on, it's going on everywhere. And that, that's heavier. That, that's heavy. I concede that. But those seven, eight things, they're real to me. They're, they're real to me. And when the first one or two hit, and, and boy, especially that, 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 that first one or two, there's one of those. Won't, won't get, I won't get that back ever. Um, you know, it was a punch. Oh, gosh, that hurt a little bit. But it was the first punch. And, and you, you kind of braced and you got ready and you, and you kept going. And we were all going through it, weren't we? I mean, you remember the confusion back in March and April? I mean, you're just, we're just losing stuff left and right and all this craziness has happened and, and, and you're trying to figure out what it means and it hurts, but we're just kind of all going through it and, and, and we're just all kind of uh, dealing with it. But one or two things became seven or eight things. One, one or two th- months has become six, seven, and, and eight months. And when, seven, when, the, when the seventh punch came, I actually went down to my knee on that one, okay? I didn't brace and bounce back real quick. I, I dropped to a knee. That, hey, wait, that one really hurt. And all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's not sadness as much now as it is anger. And it's not disappointment. It's almost, it almost feels like depression. I mean, I'm not a, I'm a pretty level person. I don't get real high. That bothers people sometimes when we're really celebrating. I don't, I don't, 
I, I, I don't get real high. I don't ever get real low. I just kind of, whoo, just track straight down the middle most of the time. It's just, that's just kind of where I live. And, and this one, I mean, I, I was just like, I, I heard it and it, it may have even been one of the smaller of the seven or eight things. And I felt tears welling up. You know, it just starts to become more than you can take or you can handle. So now here's the funny thing, interesting thing, while all this is happening. Two, three weeks ago, the, the number seven and eight were about 10 days apart, maybe eight days apart, something like that. They're about eight days apart hearing these two things. Well, that was when I was was putting together and writing the, the message on heaven. And then I was the next week preparing the message for heaven. So all these bad things happening, but I was, I was writing about heaven. So I was instantly happy and I went on and everything was just fine because heaven's our great hope, right? It is right. Yeah. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. Put that away. You got that out because you felt like you had to now. <laughs> You know, folks, I want to I want to ask you something, and it's actually going to sound something a lot like what I said last week, because there's a real tight relationship between the second coming and heaven, right? There's a real we can talk about them almost the same, because the second coming is the door we walk through as, as a humanity, as an earth, into what we will know as heaven. And so we call that our great hope. I imagine if we did a poll, we're strongly 99 point something are going to believe in heaven in this room online. Not only believe in it, but would say this is our great hope. But, but is it? Can something be my great hope when I rarely think about it? Can something be my great hope if I hardly ever daydream about it? You know, I just find my mind wandering and there I am thinking about that. When we, when we plan and prepare, do we get excited and energized? Do we actually look to heaven when we're in the midst of brokenness, in the midst of wrong, in the midst of evil to get a little pick-me-up? Because these seven or eight things that I'm talking about, would all operate that way in my life. The moment they became realities, the moment, you know, okay, this is out there. What do you do? You start, I got, I got to pay for it. I got to plan for it. I got to prepare for it. I want to pray for it. And not doing any of that, I would get energized doing it because I was excited. This was my hope. I was looking forward to this. I, I could be sitting there. I never once had to stop and tell myself, think about this. My mind just went there. I'd be sitting in my office driving down the road and, oh gosh, that's coming up in a month. Man, I'm looking forward to that. I, you know, here's what I imagine it's going to be like and, 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 and here's what I'm going to get to experience and here's what I'm going to get to share. And I mean, it just naturally, I, it, it would just come to me that, that those things in this world, in this life provided that energy, that hope and, and that encouragement. And I didn't even have to work at it. It, it just, my, my heart and my mind just went there on the things of this earth and of this world. But does that, is that what happens with heaven? I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't know for any one individual. I'm going to step on a limb and say mostly no. Mostly that's not going to be the case. We smile and we get a warm fuzzy when we think about heaven because we're sitting in church talking about it or we're reading a book or we hear a comment. And then there's times where we do stop to think about heaven. <laughs> the older you get, you think about it more and more. 
Start saying, I got, I, got, I got a real close move coming up. I hope it's only 0.3 miles. But I don't know that we... I don't know that we find the hope and energy from heaven that God gave it to us for. Because that is what he's doing. Heaven is not just a future reward. It is a very present encouragement. A very present motivation. Listen to what the Lord says. Look up here. 2 Corinthians 5.2. And look at the words being used here. These are heavy words. For in this tent, in this body, in this life, in this world, we groan. Groan, that's a heavy word, isn't it? We groan, longing, man, that's just two, that's a one-two punch. We groan, we long to put on our heavenly dwelling, do we? I know there's some things I long for. I know there's some things my mind naturally runs to, but, but is it my heavenly dwelling? Look at Philippians 3, but our citizenship is in heaven. Hey, that, listen, I have an address and it isn't here. I mean, I hate to see the place burning and falling to pieces, but it's not mine. I'm, I'm moving on to a better, better place. That's where I await. That word await has the idea of an eagerness. It's similar to the word longing. I'm awaiting. I'm looking every day for the face of my Savior who's going to come get me and take me to heaven. How about a Hebrews 11? But as it is, they desire a better Country. Well, I guess so. There sure should be a better country. Not, not, not that one. <laughs> a heavenly one. That's the heart. That's the desire of my life. The, the heavenly country. Man, folks, God has heaven to be a very real and present hope in our lives. We are to long for that. But you know what? It's hard to. It's hard to long for heaven when you're so satisfied with earth. When you have so much hope, so much confidence in this earth. Now think about what I just said there. Am am I saying that if I hope in heaven, I now don't care about this earth? No, no, of course not. You know, in the New Testament, there's a big thing, big, big thing that runs all the way through the New Testament. It's the word stewardship. We use that a lot when we're talking about money because that's, that's where you see the word used a lot. But it is a broader word than, than just money. Steward, I am, you are a steward, whether you know it or not, care or not. You are a steward. And that word means manager. Do you know how important it is to understand the word manager? Because if you're a manager, do you know what you're not? You're not an owner. You don't own your money. You don't own the body you're sitting in. You don't own this day. You don't own your circumstances. You don't own your opportunities. You don't own this earth. You don't own anything. But God, the owner of all things, has put it in your hands. And you and I are to manage it. I'm to manage it according to his principles. I'm going to manage it according to his character. And I don't know about y'all, but when I go give a report to the owner, I want to give a good report. I want to be a good manager. I think he's really worth it. I think he is really worthy me being a good manager. And you know what good managers do? They make things better. 
They fix things that are broken. That's how you and I walk through life. We're looking for what we can make better in this world. And I mean, can you imagine if every conversation, every room, every situation that I walked away from, I left it better? I mean, that's what we're to be doing. Of course, hey, listen, hoping in heaven doesn't mean we don't care about this earth. It just means our hope is in heaven. Do you know why our hope is in heaven? Because at the end of the day, when I've done my best management as an individual, when we as humanity have done our best management, and boy, we can do some good management. Think of the diseases we have conquered. Think of the germs we have killed. Think of the the, the problems we have solved and praise the Lord for it. And yet when we've done our very best... We've never walked a day on this earth without a virus, and we never will. That's been kind of the funny part of me going through this, is we act like like something came from outer space. You are around hundreds of viruses every day that cause hundreds of daily problems that you can live with the rest of your life. When we have done our best management, there's still viruses, there's still colds, there's still wars, there's still famines, there's still brokenness, there's still broken homes, there's still pain, there's still suffering, and there is still death. Our best management is not, will not eradicate death. Can you imagine if all my hope and energy drew from being able to solve a problem and make this place what it should be? No, folks, our hope and energy comes because we have a place. We've got an address. We've got a Savior who's coming to get us. We, of all people, have more motivation to dive back into the mess and get to work. Because at the end of the day, I never lose everything. At the end of the day, I never lose everything. So folks, because because what I can touch and feel and smell and, and taste is what tends to be more real to me, the truth of the matter is I need suffering. And I th- I'm so thankful God never says pray for it. God never says ask me for suffering, for pain, for disappointment and loss. He doesn't ask us to want that. He doesn't ask us to pray for it. But when it comes, I need all of those things. I need the faint reminder that this isn't it. Because I am so prone to living like this is it. So, folks, I can give thanks in brokenness. I can give thanks in in loss because it reminds me I have a hope. I have a hope. I'll tell you something, folks. What 2020 has done for me more than anything else, it has made me realize I really want my Savior. And I really want the heaven that he has for us. Amen. You know, I I think of what I know and how to work through this, how to navigate tears, how to navigate anger. And I have that because of of the Bible. My my wife Karen was was working on a a lesson for today uh, that she taught in Life Group. And and she made made a comment uh, yesterday. Was it yesterday or was it today? I forgot. It's been a busy weekend. But anyway, she said to me, she said... 
You know, I'm looking at, at how the Bible helps us navigate what we're going through. Do you realize folks out there that are going through all the same losses, all of the same issues, they drop to a knee because it hurt that much. And they don't, there's no book. We have bookstores, we have Amazon, but there's no real book that actually gives a real guidance through this. How do you navigate brokenness and death and, and all of these issues and people taking stuff from me and losing an important thing? How do you navigate this? Give thanks. You sit down, you get a pencil and paper, and you just start writing until the paper's full. Give thanks. Be thankful that this brokenness around you is not your only opportunity. Be thankful you've got heaven. You've got a hope. No matter how bad it gets, I've made sure your hope is never gone. You and I have that because God's spoken. You and I have that because God has worked. You and I have that because we have a Bible. Oh, what a shame. What a shame if we don't go out there and live like it. In front of people who don't have any of that. All they have is this relationship. All they have is this opportunity. The only good thing they were looking forward to this entire year was just canceled. And that's all they got. Give thanks. Take hope. Man, we got heaven. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. I, I've, got, I've got heaven, and I've got the ability to eagerly await for your return, and I don't have that because of how good I am. I don't have that because of how smart I am. I don't have that because of how strong I am. I have that because you are kind. And you are gracious and you are merciful. I have that because you came and did the work on the cross so that I have a home in heaven. I have a permanent future address in heaven. And I will see my Savior's face. I will see him come and get me. Oh God, I thank you. Thank you for that. And Lord, I, 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 you don't ever tell us not to cry. You don't ever tell us to be unbothered, unaffected. You, you don't ever tell us it, it, it's wrong to hurt. But Lord, as we hurt and as we cry and as we deal with losses, as we deal with deaths, Lord, I pray we can hold on to that gratitude and that hope you've given us and that we can be a witness before a world who doesn't have what we have. Help us to be faithful, for you are so worthy. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.